Itch It's your daily episode-by-episode podcast where we discuss the show Supernatural. I am one of your hosts, Dan, and with me as always... This is wife, Penny. Hello, how's it going today? Oh, good. How are you today? Good, good. Um, we've been watching a lot of that one guy on YouTube play video games. <laughs> now, this is that's actually a series I didn't think you uh, would be into. So for all of our listeners, it's called Let's Game It Out. And it's some guy named Josh who plays video games very badly. But he does it on purpose. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. See. He, like, breaks them pretty much. Or. To, yes, to see exactly what he can get away with without before breaking them. <laughs> so that's been really fun. Uh, I'm glad you're into that series. I mean, I know you're not into video games, really, but you always liked watching me play video games, which is weird. Yes, back in the day, but not anymore. Now it's kind of like, uh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure if I was playing something like Red Dead Redemption or something like with a larger storyline, you might be into it again. But Possibly, yeah. But that's fun. So uh, for all of you out there, yeah, if you like uh, comedy and video games, and uh, check out Josh and his Let's Game It Out series. Uh, he did some cooking today, and it did not go well. Uh, a video game that involves a kitchen and then just fireworks and you can just blow the whole damn place up and then the food is still cooked and you can send it to customers and get a rating. I don't know. <laughs> that just cracks me up. That What a world we live in. <laughs> yeah, so that's got absolutely nothing to do with the episode of Supernatural. No, but watch. you don't think people just tune in to hear about Supernatural, right? Well, that's the purpose of this podcast, so I'm hoping that's why they tune in. No, it's our personalities. That's why people <laughs> listen. I see. Our wit and our banter. That's why I hardly just yawn. Yeah, right. Personalities. <laughs> Boring. Right. Those dogs with no personality if it fell in their heads. Oh, Harley, you have an amazing personality. Tell Papa not to say things about you like that. Yeah. Yeah, she just looks at you blankly. <laughs> All right. So this is season three, episode 15, uh, titled Time is on My Side. Recap opens up with Lilith. Oh, yeah, forgot about that little chick. <laughs> uh, Bella has the cult, and Dean is still going to hell. Was there anything else in that recap? Um, no, because, yeah, I mentioned Bella, Lilith, and Dean's demon deal. That's pretty much it. Yeah, that was it. So we know that that's what the episode's going to be about. Um, first starts off, two guys are walking out of work. One dude gets in the car and takes off. The other dude is like, I think he's opening up his trunk or something. We see someone is lurking in the bushes, though, and soon enough he gets pushed into his own trunk. And uh, someone took the keys. What Dan failed to mention is these two are doctors, and it appears they're plastic surgeons because they talk about um, things like plastic surgery, so you know they're plastic Okay, surgeons. they're plastic surgeons. I didn't think that they had anything to it do with it. It doesn't have anything to do with it. In a way it does. In a okay. way it does because they you know, keep people younger. They're looking younger. They, they keep yeah, looking I guess younger. so. Yeah, so that does fit in with the theme. Yeah, there's some sort of uh, symmetry, I guess, with that. Exactly. Well, next we see uh, one of the guys walking into the ER. He's holding his stomach, yelling for help. The nurse says, oh, here, show me. That's fine. And then the nurse just starts screaming, and we can see stuff like falling out of his body. Well, we don't see it, but we hear definitely. You yeah. hear it, and you do see some drips and something uh, coming out. Yeah. There was some sort of goo. <coughs> yeah, that's the black goo. <laughs> and then uh, and then it's the opening of the show with the graphic. By the way, this is the second to last time we're going to see that graphic because next episode's the last episode. 
Yeah, for season three. Sorry, I was about to sneeze, and I didn't want to sneeze right in the microphone. All right. <coughs> okay. We come back from the uh, opening, and Dean, Sam and Dean are torturing a demon looking for info. They're pouring holy water on him. Dean wants to know who holds his contract. Uh, the dude that they're holding down gets the black demon eyes, and he says his mom right before I bent her over. <laughs> so I'm pretty sure that's not a real answer. No, not at all. Uh, demon dude says if he tells him anything, though, it'll be nothing to what he'll get when he gets back to hell. So he's not going to say anything. And then the demon dude says, "Fine, send me back to hell. I'll be waiting there when you show up, along with all my friends that have the that are looking for the Winchester uh, to get revenge on the Winchesters." Anyways, Sam starts the exorcism, and that's kind of the end of that scene. Yeah, the demon did mention he's only only thing he's afraid of is the demon that's holding the contract. So that's why he's like, "No matter what you do to me, dudes, it's not going to be anything compared to this other person." So I'm not spilling the beans. So it looks like pretty much the same shot, but we know that time has passed because the demon dude in, is not in the room in a chair anymore, no longer around. We just see Sam wandering around on the telephone. Dean walks in and lets him know, hey, I buried the body. Uh, Sam was on the phone getting more details or getting details on something. The hospital guy, he had his liver ripped out. What was that all about? What was the guy we saw watching walk into the emergency room? Okay, well, at this point, though, Sam says it looks like a zombie case. And I'm like, wait, what? How, how does this turn into zombies all of a sudden? Well, because they found fingerprints on the guy, bloody fingerprints that weren't his. They belonged to someone who died in the 80s. So that's where the, the zombie word comes in. Okay, I missed that. So Sam and Dean are investigating. Um, the liver was not ripped out, but it was actually removed surgically. And it looks like by someone that knew what they were doing. So after they leave the examiners, they're probably not a zombie since they used a scalpel. Yes, we don't know of any zombies. Not that I've seen personally anyway. That would use a scalpel. Next, they're talking to a guy that had his kidney removed. And his story is he basically woke up on the table, hurt like hell, passed back out, and then woke, <clears throat> woke up in a motel room with a tub full of ice. Now that is like a big urban legend for... Um, yeah, you can't travel abroad alone. <laughs> for body part trafficking. Yep, you're going to get your kidney stolen. <laughs> and wake up in that bathtub full of ice <laughs> every single time. Yeah, it's, it's nuts how often... I mean, has that ever happened? I don't know, but it must have <laughs> happened once and that's where the story comes from forever. Well, I think it had to happen more than once, but... I don't know. You're right. It's just too cliche. Yeah. It's, it's almost like when you hear of these alien abductions, it's because they all sound the same because everyone's always heard the same. So that's how they're expecting an alien abduction to unfold. Lots of probing. <laughs> yes. Lots and lots, lots of <laughs> probing. And, and then slow dancing. <laughs> yeah, slow dancing, <laughs> the lady in red. <laughs> From our previous episode. <laughs> Um, so this guy, though, he's super cranky and really doesn't want to talk to Sam and Dean. Basically throws them out. Uh, back at their hotel room, Sam talks about how the surgery was done with silk and how they used to use maggots to clean up the infection. And that's what they found this guy with, was silk sutures and packed full of maggots. In Dad's journal, he talked about this. And I guess there was 
just some guy out there that could replace his own body parts that their dad took care of once. Yes, um, it was a Dr. Benton who I think was the year 1816 comes up. I think that was the year he was born or the year, I don't know. Anyway, he's an old dude. Um, disappeared for a while and then all of a sudden, you know, people showed up with missing body parts or a body showed up, you know, if they, he stole something really super important like a heart or a lung. Um, and for some reason, they, his dad noted that he lives near the woods by a stream because that's where he has to flush all the intestines and the bile and stuff from the bodies or something like that. Something, yeah, something like that. Something really gross. In the meantime, you know, Sam's getting grosser and grosser in a description and Dean's sitting there trying to eat. Yeah, it's really, I mean, how would, how would John known where this guy likes to live? Well, if he hunted him and thought he killed him, then um, he would know because he found him well he lived near a stream once i mean i lived in a city once doesn't mean i like living in a city you wouldn't go find, <laughs> look for me in a city now would you you never know all right well whatever <laughs> we see uh then we uh go to see some guy that we've never seen before he's jogging at night stops to take a break and we can see he's being stalked just like the first guy some guy grabs him from behind and chloroforms him and then he wakes up on a table, strapped down, looking around. So this sounds exactly like the kidney guy, because he looks over and he sees a jar of maggots. Yeah, it's really disgusting. <clears throat> you know what? Everyone is so grossed out by maggots. Maggots don't gross me out. The thought of all of them turning into flies is what annoys me. That's true. That's true. I don't know. Just the, just the thought of those disgusting little things. <laughs> I don't know. It gross, they gross me out. Okay. Uh, then we see some old creep with a scalpel, and we're pretty sure this is the guy that's putting his own body parts in because his face is all patched up from like four different faces. Yes, it looks like he's had a few skin transplants through the years. Yeah, it's like if this guy's replacing his own body parts, why doesn't he do a whole face at a time? I mean, what is he just getting, staying out in the sun and getting skin cancer <laughs> on his cheek or something? That could be. Yeah, you're right. I don't understand the whole sutures in the, excuse me. Different pieces of skin on his face and sutured up and not just having one piece of skin from well, one person. I'm pretty sure they do that for storytelling to make it quite obvious. You know, all of a sudden it was just like a little kid's face wrapped around an old man's head. <laughs> <laughs> We'd be really asking questions. But yeah, just it all patched together makes it pretty <laughs> obvious. Okay, so this guy, this is a rough scene too, this jogger guy. He's got a nice strong heart. Perfect. So, uh, Dr. Evil goes and cuts him in the chest, splits his chest, and removes his beating heart while the guy's alive. Ugh. So, why we needed that jar of maggots is beyond me, because there's no way he's going to survive this operation and have it get infected in any manner, shape, or form. Uh, he must have a couple of operations to do that evening or something. <laughs> Could be. Sam and Dean, they get a call from Bobby, and he's got a lead on to where Bella's at. I guess a couple months ago, he put the word out to all of his hunter friends, like, hey, you ever hear from this Bella chick? Let me know. And sure enough, someone got in touch with him, an old friend. Got in touch with him, uh, said uh, it was a British girl and used a fake alias. So it sure looks like it's Bella. And not only that, but the alias she used was an alias that they knew about beforehand. So they're like, that's a pretty sloppy move. Yes, and they and Bobby figured that the reason she used that alias again is because um, he hadn't seen this friend of his in over 15 years, and he thought, Bella probably doesn't know that I know this guy that she went to 
So she wouldn't know to cover her tracks and not use a previous alias. Right. So keep that in mind. Pay attention because it's going to come up again later. Uh, Dean wants to split and go chase Bella down, but Sam wants to stay right where they're at because they got a case and it's about immortality. Sam and Dean argue over what the solution to Dean's hell problem should be. Uh, Sam wants to say, Dean wants to go. They both kind of have different ideas about where the solution lies. At this point, though, Dean brings up a Sid and Nancy reference. Okay, pop culture, old pop culture references, this is a deep cut. Do you know the Sid and Nancy reference? Yes, I do. I mean, I've heard of it. I don't know exactly what it is. Do you know what band it's even from? Well, yeah, because I read it up on IMDb. Okay. The Sex Pistols. All right. Well, it's, I mean, they'd run, they'd do some pretty deep cuts in their pop culture references from the 70s. Yes, Things that is. no one's going to get nowadays. <laughs> well, look at, they, I mean, Dean loves his classic, classic rock, so it just stands to reason that he would know classic rock trivia and things like that and have those pop culture references handy. Yeah, I guess that's true. They are deep cuts, but they all are in the same general genre of rock and roll. All right, good writing, I guess. Uh, so Sam wants to stay, Dean wants to go, Dean leaves, and Sam stays behind. <laughs> this point when Dean leaves, though, like, Sam's eyes are all watery. Like, dude, he'll be back, don't worry. That's true, but Sam is, I mean, he really wants to find this Dr. Benton because he figures if he's got the key to immortality, that will help Dean because then if Dean doesn't die, he won't have to go to hell. All that fun stuff. Now, one little detail that I forgot to mention that's going to come up here in a second is that uh, when they were talking to Bobby, Bobby suggested that Dean take along with him a bottle of Johnny Walker Blue. Well, Dean shows up at Bobby's friend's house. Clearly, the guy's a hunter. He's got all sorts of no soliciting signs, cameras. He talks to the front door using an intercom way before Ring was popular. <laughs> uh, he's got like the old, old school hunter version of a Ring camera. Hunter is really rude and really doesn't want to help. He basically doesn't answer any questions and tells uh, tells Dean to blow off. <laughs> Dean then says, like, hey, man, help me out. And all of a sudden, this dude's right at the door saying, like, I'm not your friend. I'm not your man. What the hell? And, uh, and Dean's like, um, Bobby told me to bring along some scotch. Is this the good stuff? And then they turn into instant friends. Of course. And this friend's <laughs> name, uh, this friend of bobby's his name is rufus and rufus does appear in some future episodes too i mean johnny walker blue is good stuff but you can buy it at any liquor store i don't know why rufus didn't just get his ass up and go to the store himself well that would involve leaving his little oh that's true leaving his compound his safe zone or whatever that's true because bobby did say he's kind of a hermit these days yeah yeah i guess that all falls in it's not like they had doordash back in the day <laughs> exactly so then we, uh, I think it goes to commercial, maybe, maybe not, but we're inside then Rufus's house. Dean is sitting at the kitchen table with Rufus, and now they are just best friends. They're just chumming it up, yakking about good times, <laughs> easygoing, super friendly. The hunter's helping them. Rufus asks, why Dean is there chasing Bella and not trying to deal with his own hell problem that's up in three weeks? Because Rufus is not optimistic about this following up with Bella. 
Uh, says even if he can get out of this, though, there'll be something worse is going to happen. No hunter has a happy ending or something like that. Yeah, he says there's no happy ending and says there is no way Dean will survive this. Um, but yeah, then Dean kind of wanted to know, well, how do you know that I've this deal and I've only got three weeks left? And Rufus is like, because I know things. <laughs> yeah, this guy gets really mysterious really quick. Uh, next, we see Sam in the woods. And, he, you know, he's off on his investigation. He needed to find some woods with a stream next to it. So I guess he's been walking around for a couple of days, <laughs> going to state parks. And <laughs> yeah, we're really not sure the day-night count on this episode. Just the day-nights are insane on this one. And plus because we have to go to wherever Dean is and wherever Sam is. And, so maybe and every Dean time they switch from Dean to Sam, it's either a day or a night. It's like, how many days are passing by here, people? <laughs> exactly. Or is it like that one episode where it's daytime in one time zone and night in the other time zone? <laughs> you just never know. No, because they were all on the East Coast. I mean, oh yeah, uh, Sam and Dean were in Erie, Pennsylvania, and... Uh, Rufus was in New Canaan, Connecticut, so... Well, their day nights are out of control. This uh, is true. You brought up a really good point while watching Plan 9 from Outer Space yesterday. You're like, geez, they, they were living on supernatural time or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> if you ever watch Plan 9 from Outer Space, it flips from day to night endlessly because when you film outside, it had to be daylight for the old crummy cameras. Inside, you could get some lights and film a night scene, but it's hilarious. So it it's is night really hilarious. <laughs> Literally, someone will pull up to the graveyard in broad daylight, and then they switch and show you the monsters, and then it's pitch black. <laughs> All right, but that is not supernatural. Let's get back to this episode. Oh, yes, this is when I had to pause it to write some more notes as well. So Sam pulls up to like a wooded area. He pulls down a sun visor to get a piece of paper or something out of it. And in huge letters, a giant sign on the back of the sun visor was Lariat Car Rental. It's like the writers of the show wanted to point out that Sam didn't just steal that car. Like, why did they have to sh tell us that Sam rented that car? It never comes into play for anything. No, it doesn't. But you're probably right. Just the fact that to show that he didn't steal it because... Sam and Dean are known to liberate cars from owners. <laughs> Just at this time, he didn't. Well, it was like comically huge. I mean, it was purposely meant there. Unless there really is some joint called Lariat Car Rental that they had to grab a car from one day for the scene. No, I don't think so. Um, I, I, it was very odd and out of place. All right, well, back with Dean. Uh, Rufus, learn, uh, tell, Rufus tells Dean where she's at. It's some hotel, room 39. Basically, he knew the whole time. He was playing hard to get until he got some cocktails in him, I guess. Dean figures he can handle her, but Rufus says he knows things and he should be really worried about her. And then Rufus, this is a whole weird sideline. I wonder if this ever pull, comes uh, in play again. But Rufus says, you do her ear? And Dean's like, what? You do her ear? <laughs> He's like, well, that doesn't sound comfortable. <laughs> Well, first Rufus asked if he did her fingerprints, ran her fingerprints to find out what her name really is. Right. And Dean said, yeah, I came up with nothing. And Rufus said, yeah, me too. She, probably, she had him burnt off probably years ago. That's when he asked, did you do her ear? Wait, if you burn your fingerprints off, they come back. That's what I thought. Unless you have, like, scar tissue and then that, you don't have any fingerprints. That's probably what it was. Jesus. Someone in her line of business needs no fingerprints to get... 
I don't know. Buy a pair of rubber gloves. It'll hurt a lot less. <laughs> That's true. All right. Um, so this whole doing her ear thing, I guess in Great Britain, they take an ear print. Supposedly the ear is just as unique to humans as a fingerprint. And so Rufus got a really clear shot on a security cam on his security camera or right. someone's, I'm sure. And uh, someone got back in touch with him and handed over 10 pages of uh, documentation on her. Rufus uh, gives Dean all the all of the paperwork. It's like just in a manila folder. Dean starts flipping through the paperwork. I don't think they show us what the paperwork is, but they show us Dean's face and it looks like really puzzled. Like, what the hell is all this shit? Yeah, he he definitely looked puzzled. And no, they didn't show us what, what Dean had just discovered about our good friend Bella. Commercial, we come back from it. No, not I don't know. I should. Who cares? <laughs> <laughs> we see Sam going inside of an old barn at night, and he starts looking around. By the way, it was daytime when they were just talking there at Rufus's house. So Dean goes in at night. And by the way, Dean showed up. Sam showed up at that woods in the day. Well, now it's night. He's been walking around for six hours. No, he showed up at night. No, when he pulled up and flipped that car thing down, that was daytime. Okay. It really doesn't matter. It doesn't really matter. He goes into a barn, starts looking around. He grabs a book, and it looks demonish because it's got a symbol on the front of a snake eating its own tail. Seems odd. Sam wanders down to the basement and finds the heart surgery victim. He's dead. Sam then sees someone else in the basement and goes and checks her out. She has a wound on her arm with a bunch of maggots eating at it. Um, Sam goes to check if she's alive. She wakes up and starts freaking out, but Sam's there, says, I'll help you, I'll help you, don't worry. Uh, Dr. Evil comes home, walks down into the basement, but by then the girl's gone, Sam's gone, and there's a window broken. And Dr. Evil looks really sad. <laughs> like, he looks bummed out like, ah, oh, damn it. Yeah. No, I have to go out, hunt these people down. Why can't they just play nice and stay where I strap them down? <laughs> Next, we see Sam running through the woods with the girl. He gets to uh, the car, tosses her in the car. He starts it up. Dr. Evil then has caught up with him, breaks the window, and starts beating the hell out of Sam, just smashing his head down on the steering wheel. Uh, but Sam's able to get his right hand onto the gear shifter, puts it in reverse, takes off in reverse, then the Dr. Evil's standing right in front, so why not hit drive and then go straight ahead and run him over in your rental car? <laughs> How are you going to explain that to Larry at Car Rental? Well, of course in your rental car. You're not going to want to do that in your own car. <laughs> God. Uh, so runs him over. This guy, though, it's kind of funny because the guy realizes he's going to get run over and he like lays flat on the ground on purpose to dodge it because he knows he'll be fine. Right, he knows he's not gonna. It's not gonna kill him. He just then he, the guy stands up and his neck is broken. He just like pushes his head up straight with the other <laughs> hand, and I think there's a bunch of crunching sounds. It's like oh, for someone with a crack cracky neck like I got, that was just like ugh. Yeah, that's yeah. I wanted to I, visit a chiropractor the moment that scene happened. <laughs> okay, back to Dean. He gets the drop on Bella in her hotel room and wants to know where the colt is. She claims not to have it. She goes, tries to sneak away, but Dean fires a shot, <laughs> shot from his pistol right through the door of the hotel room. 
I'm like, that hotel is not going to like that. No, hopefully um, she's got a really nice credit card. Of course, Bella's rich, so she can cover it. Uh, I think if you have a bullet hole in your door, because then it's going to pa- start passing through every other wall in the place <laughs> right. until it leaves. I think the cops get called in on situations like that. I would think so, too. Well, Dean looks around. He can't find it. He he figures it's gone and starts threatening to kill Bella. Uh, Dean has her pinned up against the door. He reveals that he already knows her whole backstory. Bella's not even a real name. She killed her parents. She inherited millions. Right here, though, when he's, like, reaming her, she quick has a, has a flashback, and it looks like she's being molested by her father. Yes, it looks like, yeah, when she was, she looks like a teenager, early teenager, um, in that scene, and she was in the bedroom crying, and the father comes, or a male figure comes in. We don't know if it's her father, but we're assuming it is. Yeah. Locks in the bedroom and locks the door behind him, so we're thinking, ew, that's not cool. She's definitely not being protected by guardians properly. No, she wasn't. And when Dean really shoves Bella up against the door, we see some plants above the door kind of fall out. And uh, at that point, though, he decides not to kill her. It's just like, all right, whatever. I'm out of here. Yeah, so she's just not worth it. Dean wanders off, and Bella opens up her hand and reveals a uh, receipt. So, uh, for the hotel room, I guess? Yeah, it was a hotel where uh, Sam and Dean were staying at in Pennsylvania. She calls someone on the phone and says, uh, I'm, it worked. And no, Sam's not with him. That's but she does know where they are. Yeah, but she yeah, she knows where they are because of that receipt. Dean calls Sam and says he's really screwed. <laughs> Sam says that he's has the evil doctor's book and that it seems to have answers on how to stay alive. It isn't black magic. It's just some really old, strange science that might work out. Yeah, so he's got the book to help Dean live forever. He's got the formula, whatever. We never learn what the formula is, so, but Sam's got it. Well, then Dr. Evil jumps Sam and knocks him out. Commercial. chloroform again. <laughs> yeah. This guy's got chloroform for days. So, obviously, next we see Sam is tied down, and the evil doctor is sitting there sharpening his knives or whatever, tormenting him. <laughs> Uh, we see that Sam's got his eyes taped open, so, uh-oh, he must need some replacement eyeballs after getting hit by the car. Evil Doctor says, though, that, hey, I never did never did anything I didn't have to. Uh, but John, Sam and Dean's dad, cut his heart out, so he has a grudge against him. Uh, but he did love reading about himself in John's <laughs> journal. <laughs> I mean, the guy isn't, like, totally bad. No. <laughs> Well, first he called Sam by name and said, like, how do you know my name? But now we know because he he took, I'm assuming he took John's journal when he took Sam and he read it. So that would be how he knows Sam's name. Yeah. Okay. So where am I at? So right, yeah. So uh, right as uh, the evil doctor grabs like a little ice cream scooper and starts going in after his eyeballs, Dean breaks... uh, through the door, starts shooting him full of holes, but the evil doctor isn't even in any pain. Evil doctor starts walking towards Dean. You know, he's laughing. He's like, I'm 
keep shooting. I'm going to keep living. <laughs> yeah. uh, Dean then stabs him in the heart. And then once again, he's like, well, that was a new heart. God damn it. Yeah. <laughs> but Dean had dipped the knife in chloroform. So then the evil doctor passed out. Yeah, Dean's like, oh, good thing. It's a nice new heart. Nice pumping strong because I dipped the knife in chloroform. So, you know, that's going to get that running through his veins really nice and proper. See, I thought chloroform was something he had to inhale. I didn't think you could just, like, get a, I don't know, injection of it and get yeah, knocked Yeah, I'm not out. really sure. I haven't. I should have looked up how I that I don't works, even know how chloroform works. No. I Yeah, I thought it was like you had to put it over. Yeah, they had to inhale it. Over it. The mouth and inhale it. But maybe not. I don't know. Well, Sam and Dean then tie him up to one of his little surgery beds there in the basement of the barn and start threatening him. But the doctor starts pleading and telling, hey, Dean, I'm going to help you live forever. Sam thinks Dean should take him up on the offer, but Dean would rather go to hell than be a monster like that doctor. Right. Yeah, I put that Sam was tempted, but Dean doesn't want to end up like um, the doctor because he considers the doctor a monster. Dean knocks the doctor out again. Doctor wakes up in a fridge that's been chained closed. You see it in the bottom of a pit. And Sam and Dean start tossing buckets of dirt on him. <laughs> yes, and also chained to the door is the doctor's book. So Sam and Dean make sure it's buried with him so that no one else can get the formula and try. See, what I find interesting, though, is they know where that book and that doctor is going to be. If they ever need his help, they got his address. That's true, but they are the only ones that know, and um, no one else does, so the secret is safe with them. Back at the uh, boys' motel, the Erie Motel, which I thought was pretty funny. Well, they're in Erie, Pennsylvania. Yeah, but just Erie Motel, spooky. You know. I know, yes. Uh, we see Bella breaking into a room with a gun. She's got one of those fancy TV silencers on it, so the gun's <laughs> super quiet. Which aren't really a thing. Do you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah. Those silencers like they got in movies and TV, those don't actually exist. Those aren't a thing. Huh, really? There's noise suppressors, which make it quieter, but you'll still sounds like a damn gun going off and not a blow dart. Right. right. <laughs> um, so she goes into the room and sees two beds, sees some bodies in them. Shoots two bullets in each bed, goes and pulls back the blankets, and it was just blow-up dolls. <laughs> just blow-up dolls left behind that are now slowly deflating. <laughs> so they got the whole sound effect of like... <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that was pretty funny. <laughs> then the phone rings. I don't know how, but they knew exactly when she was going to be there. It is amazing. Phone rings. It's Dean calling and bus Bella and said, hey... You didn't kill your parents. You made a deal with the demon. And it comes due now. I guess he figured all of this out because that plant that was above her door in her hotel room was called a devil's shoestring? Yes. To keep hellhounds away? Do we know anything about this before this episode? No, we did not. This is See, the first I time hate I've that heard. when they reveal like new rules. Like, I wish they'd have shown a devil's shoestring in an earlier episode. Then when that happened, I could have been like, ooh, 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 I know what that is. But now if it ever shows up again, you'll know what it is. Does um, it ever show up again? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> well, then there's that episode where they had the goofer dust that was supposed to help, too. The goofer dust? Yes. 
The hoodoo du- goofer dust? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that never shows up again either, does it? Why do they keep making up I think the goofer objects? dust does show up again. I'm sorry. I can't take anything called goofer dust. <laughs> hey, it's hoodoo. I can't take it seriously. It sounds like what rich people call cocaine. <laughs> I'm going to go to the bathroom and hit some goofer dust. Uh so she admits she stole the gun to try to get out of her deal because uh, sure enough, she didn't kill her parents. She made a deal with a demon by the name of Lilith to uh, kill her parents. And that is also who holds Dean's contract is this Lilith. Yep. So, yeah, he, they wanted the cult, but then they changed the deal and said not only did they want the cult, but they wanted her to kill Sam, which is why she was at the hotel to kill them. <laughs> yeah, and it was funny because Dean Dean was like, "Oh, demon <laughs> demon changed the deal on you and screwed you." Wow, shocking! You can't <laughs> yeah. trust him, can you? A demon lied. Who knew? At this point, though, Bella becomes really sympathetic because she breaks down, just bawling, realizing that she could have been working with them the whole time to figure something out for the both of them, except she was, you know, being Bella, right. Yes, because Dean said, you know, had you approached us and asked us to help you, we would have helped you. You didn't have to do all this crap. Steal her gun. Try to kill us. We would have helped you. But now, too late. Yeah. Well, Bella is still, you know, even all this, Bella is hoping that Dean can figure out something quick before it hits midnight. But it does hit midnight. And we see some hellhounds outside. Dean, Dean says, see in hell, and hangs up the phone. That's the end of the episode. Yeah. Well, we didn't see that because he never Dean is, like, way beyond not caring about Bella anymore. <laughs> well, she's the one that made the deal. She's the one that's got to live with the consequences. Eh, people make mistakes. That's true. I have a little bit of sympathy. <laughs> so, pretty fun episode, all in all. Uh, what I found interesting was that they sprinkled in the overarching story stuff right in the middle of this episode along with this other you know it could have just been about this dr evil guy trying to stay alive the whole time but then they they looped that in with the overarching story and had like hey this guy might be able to help us out ah screw him put him in a hole (laughs) at least it was something a different story structure as we normally have yes that's true it was something that um sam was hoping could help dean um Whereas usually they just like kind of mention it at the beginning of an episode and the end of the episode and the middle of the episode is just totally unrelated. Yeah, if this was second to last of the season and that's what they did was their typical monster of the week with the uh, preamble and the postamble about the overarching story, I'd have been super annoyed. But <laughs> no, I'm really pleased that uh, this is a good solid uh, episode for the overarching season. I like it. Yeah, I liked it. I kind of liked it, but then. In a way, I didn't like it because, once again, they weren't dealing with anything supernatural. In a way, it was supernatural because of the fact that he had this formula where he was living forever. But it's not like they were fighting a demon or a spirit or anything like that. Yeah, it was just some weird 150-year-old dude that is immortal somehow. Exactly. Not using black magic, just nuts and berries. (laughs) (laughs) Clean living. Clean living, there you go. No drinking, no smoking, no drugs. (laughs) uh yeah very interesting uh um, so what else about the story what uh i don't know is there anything else we've kind of talked through all the other things that happened no exorcisms before no i can't really think of anything else 
at all. Okay, uh, the next episode then is the season finale. Yes, season three, episode 16. It's entitled No Rest for the Wicked. No Rest for the Wicked. Fun, fun. So we will see, I guess, if uh, Dean gets out of his pickle and uh, they live happily ever after until till season four starts. <laughs> that is all sorts of new fresh hell. <laughs> what I found interesting, though, is that this whole season was like one year long then in Supernatural time, right? Because this episode, we're only three weeks away and his deal was for one year. And that was started at the first episode? No, the first episode aired October 4th, 2007. No, but I'm saying what happened in it compared to the Supernatural story. I'm not talking about really when it came out. Oh, okay. Yes. yes. Episode one of the season, Dean made the deal, right? Yes, that's right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So this whole one season wraps up one year of... of we life. can't figure out how many days these guys spend per episode, but we know that this season is one year long. Yes, exactly. Do you think these guys ever do just vacation for the fun of it? It's my constant worry is that you never see them at a carnival or a movie theater. Only when they're working. I mean, they go to bars once in a while, but then they usually run into mania. (laughs) Well, they did work that carnival with that killer clown, but that was working a case, not like going and enjoying themselves or riding their rides and eating cotton candy and stuff like that. (laughs) <clears throat> yeah. Like one typically does at a carnival. I don't know. Did they ever get on a cruise ship? No. Dang it. No. See, Sam and Dean at sea would have been fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Shuffleboard no. with the old people, going right. down the water slide. Right, right. Shooting some skeet over the ocean, a little gambling, a <laughs> little nightlife. All right. Well, I guess we will. Uh, Tomorrow we will see what happens. We'll see what happens with Dean and his deal. Should be fun. Just a reminder, we have a Facebook group called Armchair Hunters. You can talk to us over there. Also, our website, coupleofidgets.com. We have all of our contact info every single episode, along with a way to comment on the episode and add in any other details that we may have missed that you think we might enjoy. We stream on all the major platforms, uh, Spotify, iTunes, tune in, bloopity bloppity. Plus, you can listen, just listen to them on the website. My parents are always like, I don't know how to listen to podcasts. And I'm like, well, you can go to the website and click play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then just tomorrow hit refresh and go to the new one. It's, it's pretty slick how we got it. It should be idiot proof. <laughs> it should be idiot proof. Yeah, there you go. Should be, but you never know. There's always a special one out there. Well, if you know anyone special in your life that likes Supernatural, please tell them about us and uh, join in the fun. Until then, we will talk to you tomorrow. Okay, bye.